Hi, and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Mr. Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Is anyone out there a bit of a dreamer? I'm a bit of a self-diagnosed dreamer, and uh, Kristen, I'll, I'll be having a conversation with Kristen, and I will just disappear into a daze. And uh, I know if you've known me for any time at all, you've probably experienced me drop out of a conversation with you and, uh, and just look into space. And, you know, there's many different reasons that happens, and uh, one of them is not you being boring, it's... Um, be assured what you say is inspiring. A lot of times, your inspiration sends me off into more inspiration in dream. And, uh, and I, th- I think that God's called us to be dreamers. He wants us to be dreamers. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting that Israel, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 126, verse 1, which I'll read in a minute. And uh, the, the nation of Israel was captive in Babylon and... Uh, they were captive for 70 years and then God ordained their release. They were released from Babylon and got to go back to Jerusalem. And uh, verse, verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 126 says this, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, in other words, when, when the Lord set Israel free from Babylon and could go back to Jerusalem, it says this, this is the people of Israel speaking. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. You see, when you're in captivity, do you notice you, you don't tend to dream as much? You don't tend to imagine opportunities as much? You don't tend to imagine great scenarios and strategies and envision things that you could do? Not only were they, able, not only were they like those who dream, verse 2 says, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. See, you know you're free when you become a dreamer. You know you're free when you can laugh. You know you're free when, you, when you're kind of drawn to singing. See, God wants us to understand that, he, we, you know, we're talking about promise, the promises this month, and he wants us to understand that when you're free, you, when you embrace his promises, you'll begin to see opportunity again. You'll begin to see a pathway out of the challenges that you're walking through today. So here's how you know if this message is for you today. If you've ever said, I need a something. I need a break. I need a moment. I need a holiday. I need a husband. You probably haven't said that one. I need another husband. If you've ever said, I need a something, then this message is for you. Because the reason that we need a something, we need to get out of this place for five minutes, is because... We've lost the ability to dream. We've lost the ability to, to see our way out of our current circumstances, our current doubts, our, you know, our current challenges. And God wants you to know that, that he, he wants to impart to you today the ability to, to be able to dream again. And uh, we've been walking through these promises. And, and today's promise is, is out of that same verse that we've been going through, which is out of Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. It goes something like, how does it go, everybody? I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression. I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. And then here's today's promise. I have claimed you as my people and I will be your God. 
I have claimed you as my people and I'll be your God. See, this is what this is our this is our battle today. You know, have you ever said, I need a coffee? Yes. Have you ever hands up have you ever said, I need a drink? Oh there you go, Christians, eh? And uh, I need a cigarette. I need a something. God wants you to know you need him. And you need to know what he says about you and what he's promised you and what he's prepared for you and what his plans are for you. This is what we need. We don't need anything else. But when we get lost, when we get disillusioned, when we get busy, when we, when we, when we lose the ability to dream, we start saying those words. And you know why we say them? Because it actually works a little bit. Do you notice when you go away on holidays, you tend to start to dream again? You tend to start to, to see things. I know Kristen and I were on holidays about a month ago for a 10 days, and, and whenever I go away on holidays, man, I just begin to, my, my world just opens up and I begin to just see these amazing opportunities. You know, and then when I come back, they just kind of seem to come grinding to a halt again. But man, when I'm there, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Because holidays are like a bubble out of reality, aren't they? And this is what, this is what God wants for us. He wants us, he wants us to live in that bubble. He wants you to know that his promises and that the things that he's said about you and over you actually give you the ability to dream beyond your doubts, beyond your circumstances, beyond your challenges. And he wants you, he wants you to know that, that you, know, you, you do need to take breaks. Let me give you a bit of advice about breaks. One of the, one of the things that we do on a break is we rest our bodies. You know, we get tired and we go and rest our body. But, you know, God says your spirit, soul and body. And, and each of them take different things. You know, our bodies are rested. Our bodies are restored with rest. Our souls are restored when we renew our minds. And our spirits are restored with prayer. We know that, you know, God reminds us that we are his children. You know, Romans 8 says his spirit testifies to our spirit that we are the children of God. He wants, you know, so when, we, when, we, when you take a break, remember that your, your whole being needs to be restored, not just your body. But it, it, it comes in the appearance of your body. But God's saying, do you notice how you rest your body and then when you get back, you're straight back into the same place? Because you haven't restored your soul and you haven't done business with God and, and been reminded of who you are spiritually. Restore your soul. I like to, I like to feed my soul when I go on holidays with some, some, um, some revelation that I don't have time to tap into when I'm, when I'm here when, and, and, and just ask God to stir me up, stir up my character, stir up my ability to dream in the kingdom of God. And, uh, so I encourage you to do that. So, so uh, take holidays. They're a beautiful thing. It's tough when you live in Noosa to go on holidays, isn't it? Because everywhere you go, you go, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's all right. So God wants to reveal to us today that we can continually be renewed and restored as we remind ourselves of his promises. Not only do we need to remind ourselves of his promises, we need to stake our whole future upon them. 
we remind ourselves of who he is. You know, we do things. The reason that, that we, you know, we've, we've used this concept of mezuzah, which is those, the, little, um, the little things that the, the Jewish families would hang outside on their doorpost to remind them that as for me and my household, we serve the Lord. As for me and my household, you know, we know that we have been set free from oppression, oppression rescued from slavery. He's claimed us as his people. He's redeemed our purposes. And we want to create celebrations this year that remind us of who we are in Christ. So when you choose to come, you know, we, want, we want to have a, a family dinner, but we don't just want to eat together in the natural. We want to remind each other that we are the sons and daughters of God who have amazing, rich promises over our lives. And we don't want to just toast to good food. We want to toast to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and what he's said over our lives. So I encourage you to come along to that in a few weeks' time. As we gain revelation that we are free, we become like those who dream, like those who laugh, like those who sing. You know, one of the challenges that we face in our, in our lives is that, especially inside the church, is we can come to church and not feel free at church. We find our release, our relief in other places, don't we? We find our release or our relief in the I needers of our lives. Do you ever notice that? When you get home from work, oh, I just need a flick on the telly. I just need a, um, you know, whatever, whatever, your, whatever your I needer is. And, and you know, God wants you to, he, he wants you to know that, that he wants him to be your I needer. He wants you to, to get into his world. You know, he wants you to understand that, that there, is a, there is a revelation of the freedom that you already have. He's, you know, when you accept Christ as your saviour, you are free, but you don't necessarily have the revelation that you're free. We need to wake up every day. It says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Wake up every day, no matter where you are, no matter what you're walking through, reminding yourself of what he has said over you. Not what the people in your world have said over you. Not what your, 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 um, your school, your work, your, your pastor, your whoever said over you. It's, that's less, way less relevant than what God has spoken over you. And he has said, I have set you free from oppression. I have rescued you from slavery. I have redeemed your life's purposes. And I have claimed you as my people and I will be your God. This is what he's spoken over you and he wants you to commit your life to those promises. And it's as we embrace these promises that our ability to dream to strategize, to envision solutions, become stronger than the other things, come stronger than our doubts, come stronger than our circumstances and our, and our unrealized expectations. You know when you get saved, you have a bit of an expectation of what God's going to do? Or, or you bring something, you bring your need to God and you have an expectation of how he's going to do it and he does it totally differently? He's the one on the throne. We've got to remember that, that he, he is the one who sets us free. He's the one who decides how he sets us free, when he sets us free, and, and, and the revelation that he brings with it. Our job is to come into his world and allow his world to wash all over us. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. We thank you, Father, for designing us to live life to the full. Father, we thank you for making us 
part of this amazing family here in Noosa with such remarkable people, such remarkable brothers and sisters, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you have invited us into your kingdom and you've given us amazing responsibilities inside that kingdom. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, this day for your goodness and we give you our thankfulness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let's read together. Verse 23 says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. I want to ask you a question this morning, and it's this. How do you, find, how do you define success? You know, the world, the world and, and that, that we live in has a, a marker of success. It might be promotion, it might be wealth, it might be title, it might be, um, you know, whatever it is. It might be um, bits and pieces that you've purchased. It might be a, a mega yacht. Who knows, what, who knows what, what the different things that people define as successes. I just want to submit to you a theory of mine that, that, that I would say is that success, a successful person, to me, is someone who's moving towards what they hope for. Someone who is moving towards what they hope for. You see, a lot of us have hopes, but we're not necessarily moving towards those hopes. A lot of us have dreams and desires, but we're not necessarily moving towards those things. And, and the dream is great because when you're in the dream, the inspiration is rich. But when you're moving towards those things, you don't necessarily feel the success. But let me tell you, is success is always motion. Because we don't arrive at success, we, are, we, we walk in it. And we walk in it by facing whatever it is today. It's by saying, what is the challenge today? And I'm moving through that challenge. As you move through the challenges and the circumstances and the doubts and the, and the unfulfilled expectations, as you move through them, that is what a successful person does. And the thing for us as believers is we need to understand what our hope is. You see, we all hope for different things. You know, you've, have you ever said the statement, I've got my heart set on that Jeep, on that Ferrari, on that keyboard, on that whatever it is. Wasn't it great to have Bailey first time up on the platform today? Wasn't she great? I just got her laughing, so I thought I'd pick on her for a sec. What is our hope? Our hope is in Jesus, eternal life in Jesus. This is what our hope is. Now, we need to remind ourselves continually because our, our heart gets drawn towards other things. Our hopes get drawn towards other things, to, to natural things. But, but he, you know, we know from John 3.16 why he, he, he sent his son so that we could have, what, eternal life. So our hope needs to be on eternal things, on eternal life. And when we put our hope in that, then, then a successful life is moving towards eternal things. You know, a key part of our vision this year is making eternal action-based decisions. 
You know, we want, to, we want decisions that, that um, we want to make, take actions and decisions that compound in eternal life. This is what I see. I see an amazing life when people are moving from wherever they are to where God wants them to be. That's the simplicity of it. And are you ever there? I don't think so, because God is always greater. He's always bigger. You know, we sing the song today, greater is. He's always greater than where we're at. So our job is not to arrive. Our job is to get on the journey. I always remind the the team of leaders around here that you're in the process See, I'm not, I'm not looking for you to be something. I'm looking, for, I'm looking for you to be in something, in a process of development and discovery and, and insight and revelation. We don't arrive, we journey towards something. And that is a measure of success. See, when you're looking at the things, when you're looking at your children and your partners and your relationships and your business, your job is not to arrive, your job is to continue on the journey towards God, towards eternal life. So the promise is, I have claimed you as my own people. Isn't it interesting that the predominantly the, the, the promises of God are to a people? I keep reminding you of this because you know, we, we, we mentioned out of Romans 8 that his spirit testifies to our spirit that we are, we are the sons and daughters, we are sons of God. But this is, talking, this, is, this is not talking to you as an individual, this is talking to a people. He says, I have claimed you as my people. You're part of a family. Each of, our, each of us are his children, but this promise is to a group, is to a people, is to a family. What makes us a people? Location, language, mission, vision, all sorts of things. One of the key things is that, that makes us a people is that we're moving somewhere together. See, God, what did God do? He rescued the people out of Egypt and there was a movement to the promised land. See, God, is he, is he is inviting us to live in the promises of him. Sometimes when we get distracted from those promises, we get caught up in the wilderness. He wants us to be people who are continually moving. He doesn't want you to take 40 years to get to the, to the promises in your life. He wants you to walk directly to them. And the, the, the more focused you are, the more you remind yourself of what he has said and what he is doing, the more that your actions are eternally focused, the quicker you get to live in the promises of God. The quicker you get to take the ground. God doesn't want you to wander around. He doesn't want you to wear shoes that never wear out, like Kristen said. He wants you to get a fresh pair of shoes that you bought because, you know, you took a mountain in Jesus' name. He wants you to be people who who are not waiting for the next thing of God. He wants you to be conquerors in Jesus' name. He doesn't want you to sit back in the wilderness waiting for the manna in the morning anymore. He wants you to be people who who knock down the walls of Jericho and declare a place, the house of Jesus. This is who he's called us to be. This is what the body of Christ is called to be. And true fulfillment is never found alone. True fulfillment is never found alone. You know, I've shared the, I, shared, you know, I shared the verse out of Proverbs, he who isolates himself seeks destruction. Or he who, he who grows alone grows weird. Why is, why is fulfillment in a group? Because everyone wants to make a contribution to progress. You see, God has done a work with people, not with persons. You know, we're not a, we're not a gathering of individuals. We are the people of God. 
Who knows, though, that you can come to church for many years and still feel very alone. Isn't that interesting that we can come to church and feel alone? God is, but you know why you feel alone? You feel alone because you don't feel like you're contributing to the progress of the people or the work that God is doing. You know, I become disillusioned when I'm working hard and I'm not seeing results. And a lot of times the reason that I don't see results is because I'm working alone. It's because I need some help. I need to strategize and synergize. Sometimes, you know, we talk, about, um, we talk about dreaming. Sometimes you need to get in a group of people. Do you notice when you get in a group of people, the ability to dream goes further? Do you know why? Because the person distracts you. The other person distracts you from your doubts and your unbelief. It distracts you from your circumstance and the synergy between you when two or three gather together in my name, all of heaven works together. This is why we gather together. It says, do not forsake the gathering in our scripture this morning. Do not forsake the gathering because it's as we gather that we discover purpose. But gathering is more than just being present. Gathering is being present and participating in the work of the people that you're a part of. This is when we start to connect. You know, everyone wants community. You know, the, the greatest thing about being um, a part of a team is, is being on the team and relating to those people. You know, you might do great things, but it's as you work together that you actually build the best relationships. We don't build the best relationships when we go and party together. We build the best relationships when we work together. God wants us to be people who are, who are doing his business. When we do his business together, then we collect, connect like we never have before and we, we have, a, we have a, a, that loneliness go straight out the window. And we love to celebrate. Who loves partying alone? You know the, 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 the lonely party song, I love myself, I think I'm grand, I love to sit and hold my hand. It's not that fun, is it? He wants us to celebrate together. He wants us to gather. He wants us to be inclusive. He wants us to invite people to our worlds and, and, and to celebrate together. And what do we celebrate? You know, we look at, you look at days like New Year's Eve, you know, one of the biggest clangor celebrations. Why? Because people don't know what they're celebrating. We need to celebrate with purpose. We need to remind ourselves that God has claimed us as his people. Does that sound like something worth celebrating? God has claimed us as his people. And he says, and I will be your God. When we share in victory, we gain an increased awareness of God's goodness. See, sharing in victory. I I always, you you listen to a, a, a... a, um, in, in, the, in the game of AFL, Australian Football League, the highest honour, individual honour in the, in the league is called the Brownlow Medal, which is the fairest and best player of the league. And, you know, the person with the most votes after 23-odd rounds of football gets awarded that prize if they haven't been suspended for anything. Fairest and best. Now... Any one of those people who is interviewed after they have received the award said, I would give this award away in an instant if our team could win the premiership together. Because who wants to celebrate alone? 
Everyone can pat you on the back all day. You want to sing the team song together. You don't want to sing the party alone song, do you? You don't want to sing that one. You want to sing the team song. You want to sing, this is our God. This is the God who has set us free from slavery, from oppression. He's reclaimed us. He's redeemed our purpose and claimed us as his people. This is what we want to celebrate. We don't want to sing the lonely party song. We want to sing the team song. And we sing the team song when we win together. And when we win together in the house of God, we gain a new revelation of his goodness and of his grace. We see that in Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. So the difference between a bunch of individuals standing together and the people, being a people is one word. And the word is covenant, commitment. These are the, these are the one words that, that make us something. You know, sometimes we come along, you know, we come along to a gathering and we feel alone because we, we don't understand that we're a people. Let me give you some tools so that you can become part of a people. You know, one, there's, there's four statements that I want to read to you that are, that are, that are a part of this church, but I've, I've changed them slightly that it can make it a part of any people. And it's this. It says, I will protect the unity of the people. I will share the responsibility of the people. I will serve the work of the people. And I will support the character of the people. The question you just need to answer is, who, whose people am I part of? It's not, about, it's not about anything other than positioning yourself and choosing to do those four things. You know, when, when we choose to participate and do those four things, we become a people. We become a people that is what God has claimed us to be. He says, I have claimed you as my people, and it doesn't end there. And he says, and I will be your God. And when he says, and I will be your God, that means he's the one who sets the direction of the people. We don't get to set the direction. He sets the direction. And who knows that God's promises are the only ones with a true guarantee. Anyone ever broken a promise? I've broken a couple with Kristen. Numbers 23, 19 says this, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Only God's promises are without risk. Only God's promises are without risk. So when life doesn't make sense, we need to hold on to those promises as the basis of our faith and the things that we're hoping that he will do, he will do that he has promised us. We see, in a, we see this, this promise of God in the waters of baptism. When we get saved, we get baptised. And, and when, we, when, we, when we are immersed in the water... This represents the old things passing away, your old identity passing away. And when you come out of the water, this is God saying, remember this, I have claimed you as mine. You are no longer that old person. I've claimed you as mine. So those doubts, those expectations, those circumstances, you you may still see them with your eyes, but they are no longer what's limiting you because you are a child of promise and you are part of a people of promise. The battle is we, we, we love the promise, 
but we don't necessarily believe that we're worthy of him claiming us. Anyone feel unworthy from time to time? You know, when I was about 10, 10 years old, uh, I was at a camp with about 100 other kids. Uh, I think it was mostly boys. I can't remember. I can only remember this one story at the camp. And somewhere along the line at the camp, uh, I lost a pair of smalls. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I thought, oh, well, there you go. One down. And at the end of the camp, uh, we're all sitting there, uh, you know, and the awards were getting handed out. And after the awards were handed out, one of the, the camp leaders went up the front, held up this little pair of, um, little pair of smalls and, uh, and said, does anybody want to claim these? And my thought was, why bother? You know what I mean? Why go through the embarrassment, the cost of the shame of me walking up and picking up that, that, that pair of smalls and walking back to my seat is worth less than the cost of my mum having to buy another pair of those things. You wouldn't do it in a million years. But here's the thing. Fran, my mother, she just happened to be up the back and... Uh, you know, the ever frugal, loving mother to the rescue walks down the front on her way down, clips me over the head and grabs those things and as she walks back out, throws them at me and continues on out. Why, Fran, why? If you're a parent right now, heed this lesson. If you want your children to love you, I went through a rebellious stage and I pinpointed all to that one moment. <laughs> Some of us have the tendency to believe that we're not worth God's time. You know, my mum thought, hey, I paid good money for those things. You know, they're probably probably 50 cents back then, but who knows. But she, paid, she thought, I paid good money for them. I, I'm going to go and claim those things. Let me just say this to you. No matter what you think you're worth, God has chosen to claim you as his. No matter what you think you're worth, he's claimed you as his. In fact, this promise outlines to you that you are not the judge of your own worth. You don't get to be the judge of your own worth. The God who created you, the God who claimed you, is the only one who has the authority to declare worth to anybody. And here's what I know. He has claimed all of us as his people and he's waiting for us to accept his worthiness. Like we said last week, once you accept the promise of God, you have no longer a right to look at yourself outside of that promise. He's promised, he's promised you, and with this promise, I claim you as my people and I will be your God. You no longer have the right to look at your worth and your value outside of that. Here's what I know, that the dominating thoughts of my mind will eventually come into existence in my life. The dominating thoughts of your mind will come into existence. You know, we know the, the famous proverb that says, as a man thinks, 
so he is. You know, the dominate, whatever the dominating thoughts of your mind are, they will come into existence eventually in your life. You may get away with them as thoughts for a while, but let me tell you, they're going to become physically real. They're going to become, you know, if your mind is distracted by many different things, then you're going to end up with, with um, challenges in life. God wants us you to be continually reminding yourself of who he says you are. He wants to, continually re- you, to continue to remind yourself of the promises he has spoken over your life. Constantly confess who God says that you are. We need to change. We need to mezuzah our words. We, don't, we need to change from not me, I can't, I couldn't, I don't know how, to because God said, I will. God said, so I am. God said, so we can. We need to change our words. We need to, we, need to, we need to remind ourselves of what he said and commit the whole of our lives based on those things. And there's a response to this promise. The response to this promise that I've claimed you as my people and I will be your God is, is simply this. It's the response of praise. See, because God has claimed us as his people, he is, he, he is our Lord, he is our Father, he is our God. Therefore, our response to that claim, once we've accepted that claim, our response is praise. We praise the name of the person who rescued us, who set us free, who redeemed us, who claimed us, who is our God. Our response is simply praise. And what we praise, we value Whoever gets the praise in your life is ultimately the source of your worth. When we do the little pat ourselves on the back, when we say that beautiful statement, do you know what I've done for you? After all I've done for you, that's a little, just a little pat on the back, isn't it? And when we pat ourselves on the back, we become the authors of our worth. Let me tell you this, I don't want to be the author of my worth. I want him to be the author of my worth because my worth will change every day. If I do something great, I'm worthy. If I have a bad day, I'm unworthy. God says, you are always worthy when you rest in me, when your salvation is in me. Whoever gets the praise in your life is ultimately the source of your worth. Or you could say you give authority as the source of your worth to. The Bible says this, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why does it say that? Because it also says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. See, I want the Lord to to inhabit our praises. And when we accept his promises and praise him, he inhabits those praises. And when he inhabits those praises, we begin to dream again. We begin to see different things, different strategies of, of walking through the challenges. We become successful. We become people who are moved by God. Do you know, do you ever, you ever listen to a song, a song or a message and you go, that message moved me? And I go, well, why are you still standing there? See, God wants you to move through something. He wants you to be a successful person. When you're successful, you're someone who is in motion in the direction of their hopes. And let me tell you, if you've chosen Christ as your saviour, your hope is in eternal life. 
We read the psalm at the start. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Do you notice that what came first is they were set free? What came second is they began to dream. What came third is they began to be filled with laughter. Isn't it amazing when you can imagine a future? All of a sudden, your joy comes back. You don't even need to be there. Your joy comes back simply by imagining a future that you don't have yet. But the dream is the beginning of walking it out. And then we sing. Why do we sing? Because sing is our, one of our major sources of praising the King of Kings. I guarantee you that the nation of Israel, when they were singing, they were singing praises to their heavenly Father, the rescuer who set them free from the Babylon captive. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Ben jumped up. So as we embrace God's promises, our ability to dream, our ability to dream, to envision, to strategize, it begins to become a reality. It begins to become more powerful than our circumstances. It begins to become more powerful than our doubts. It begins to become more powerful than our unfulfilled expectations. Let me finish with this statement that we've read throughout this series. A great life is neither magical nor mysterious. It's the natural consequence of consistently taking faithful steps toward your heart's desires based on the promises of God and the wisdom of his principles. God doesn't want you to feel your way through life. He wants you to make confident faithful decisions based on his word and the principles in his word. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we just lift up your mighty name. We thank you, Father, that you have claimed us as your people. And as we gather here today, Father, Lord, we remind ourselves that we are not a gathering of individuals. We are the people of God. Lord, we remind ourselves, Lord, that we are, we are not in charge of our own lives. We have committed ourselves to you, to that promise where you have claimed us as your people and you have said you are our God. So, Father, I ask for that revelation, that revelation that we are a people, that revelation that there is a, there is a, a, a dream, there is a laughter, there is a, there is a singing beyond the challenges that we face in life. And we lift up that mighty name of Jesus in all that we do. And we declare that our hope is eternal. And we declare that we today are stepping in motion towards that hope. You know, as we sing the last song, I just want to open the, the front for a prayer for anyone. Anyone who's walking through any of those areas, if you're walking through an area of doubt, about the promise of God over your life, if you've got some unfulfilled expectations in your life, you've kind of walked into, into life with God and thought, God, I, I thought it was going to be different. I thought you were going to do something different. Or if you've just got circumstances in your life that just seem to be immovable, 
If you've got challenges in your life that just seem to be immovable and your ability to dream, your ability to sing and your ability to laugh is just not there anymore, I'd love to stand with you in prayer. Love to, to pray with you and encourage you. So those three areas, doubts, circumstance, unfulfilled expectations. If that's you today, why don't you come and stand as we sing this last song. And as usual, we, we, we ask every week, if you don't know Christ as your saviour, if you haven't met him, there is a freedom beyond your understanding. There is a liberty beyond anything that you can dream of. And there is a, there is a future. There is a future that God wants. He says he wants to open the eyes of your imagination. He wants to flood your heart with light. He wants to show you an inheritance that is beyond this world, that is eternal, that is full of life everlasting. If that's you today, why don't you come as well? We'd love to stand with you in prayer.